0: This is DJ Rel. and Catch Wreck, and we are Bang Radio.
1: We bring you Boston
0: based music, arts, events, and lifestyle. Friday mornings, tune in at 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. because we're on 94.9 FM Zoomix Radio. Also, we're cool. Yeah.
1: Welcome, y'all. We're here for another installment of Bang Radio each Friday at 11. We got Catch Rec. Good morning. We got Jake. Yo, yo. We got me, Lou Bangers. What up, what up? And we got a special guest in the building. Hey,
2: my name's Emma. My name's Sophia.
1: And where are you guys coming
3: from?
4: We um, run the Dorchester Art Project Gallery programs. Hey. It's an art gallery.
3: Well, welcome, welcome. In Dorchester?
4: Yes, Fields Corner.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah, so I've actually been, have either of you guys been though? It's it's right in um, Fields Corner. It's actually right there by the station. It's that convenient.
1: I haven't been there.
3: Yeah, it's cool. Definitely going to check it out. So. Right. But yeah, talk to us a little bit about this space. Um, how, how did you guys, you know, started? What's going on? What is the Dorchester Art Project all about?
4: Cool. Yeah. The Dorchester Art Project has, you know, pretty long history, I guess, since 2011. It's not that
2: long. We, um, we took over running it with Brain Arts Organization um, in, when we started running it in January. Um, so it's a gallery space and there are artist studios and a performance space.
4: Mm. Yep. Two art galleries. We have 11 art studios and kind of like a black box theater in the back. So it was started in 2011, 2012 by some art students from the School of Museum of Fine Arts. Mm. Um, And they wanted to have a place to exhibit their thesis show (laughs) and have studios for themselves. So they excavated this whole basically abandoned office building Mm -hmm. and they built gallery walls. They built studios. They basically turned the whole thing into a functioning art space and it's just been handed down from artist to artist, and whoever was running the space would get free studio space, and they've been doing shows, art shows, like every other month since then. So, mm. But the people who were running it before us wanted to move on to other things, so they just handed it off.
2: And Brain Arts had been looking for a space to run, so it was kind of perfect. They, hmm. um,
1: Is that one person, Brain Arts?
2: Brain Arts, um, no, that's a whole group of people. Okay. Um, with a whole bunch of different projects. So Brain Arts is um, also runs, I guess you would say, Boston Hassle. Um, and Boston Hassle is a music blog online and mm. also um, puts on shows. Mm. Um, and also we also publish the Boston Compass, which is a free arts guide that comes out monthly.
1: Boy. Whoa, <laughs> that's dope.
2: Yeah um and what else do we do we run the black market flea market (laughs) yeah the black market flea um is a it's a a, about every two months um a pop-up flea market craft fair um for all kinds of artists and vintage sellers you can come get like all kinds of good stuff there Mm. um and it's pretty much open to whoever wants to wants to come be a vendor um yeah it's one of the cheapest markets
4: around yeah we, craft we
3: participated as scope in a couple of them I think. yeah
4: yeah it's usually in Cambridge have mm-hmm. been doing that at the Cambridge Community Center mm-hmm. um, and then yeah as Boston Hassle, we run our music and art and film blog BostonHassle.com. but then we also produce like 10 to 15 events a month like just music shows and we try to book a lot of bands that are out of town and pair them with local groups and all types of genres basically just anything independent, mm. but we started um, started kind of in like the JP house show scene. So <laughs> it's kind of developed out of that, but into like a bunch more stuff, obviously. Right. <laughs> so DAP is our, our Dorchester our Art Project, we call it DAP. Um, it's our latest, newest project since January. Tope. So yeah, it's exciting.
1: What does it take for an artist to participate who wants to perform?
4: like a visual artist
1: a visual artist or a performer
4: it's super easy um i would just email (laughs) dorchesterartproject.gmail with (laughs) (laughs) your
1: (laughs) that simple
4: (laughs) (laughs) with your um links to your work Mm. and our especially our event rentals are super open you know the weekends book up pretty quickly but Mm. we have a community rental fee rate like we're trying to make it really accessible for people, Um, and Dorchester residents definitely given priority, Mm. so anyone from that area, even if you just wanna have a birthday party, like maybe you're not an artist, but you just wanna have a gathering, bring your community together, it's a really
2: nice space to do it in, Mm. so. We pretty much wanna, yeah, we're also a volunteer run organization, Mm. so pretty much if you wanna do something and you have an idea or, you don't have an idea and you want somebody to give you an idea you can just come in and say i want to do something and we will do our best to make it happen and if you want to help out with you know compass like passing around the compass around town or putting up flyers or organizing different things um and then then you can yeah um and so then that's our philosophy with um getting artists in as well as if you want to have somebody look at your work we'll try to make it so that they can you know black market mm-hmm. flee like a lot of craft fairs you know somebody's like looking at your work and is like oh this isn't quite good enough to be in this craft fair or whatever when i make the vendor list for the black markets i just say yep you're in <laughs> yeah. um and that's what we did with the we're um working on a, a show at the gallery right now that's going to open on the 21st and we've got a whole bunch of different kinds of artists a lot of people who are sort of career artists who went to school and have Long resumes of amazing gallery shows, and then some people who've absolutely never done it before mm. and never had anybody look at their work before, um, and so maybe is open to all comers. So it's yeah, the mm. the call for art was com, was fully open. You know, we had to we couldn't quite fit everybody, um, but it was completely open to to submit something and have it looked at and considered. And yeah, um, we think that's really important to just have a space where people can come and do their thing.
4: Yeah, it's one of our missions, is to be just like radically inclusive and mm. increase accessibility to arts because it's really kind of can be exclusive at times from a lot of institutions in the city. So Word. we're trying to change that and just be a platform.
3: Word. Man, so you guys sound busy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we got a lot of projects, Yeah, but we got a lot of help. Like Brain Arts has yeah. 200, like a volunteer base of like 200 people. Wow. Um so, you know, some people just deliver the newspaper like once a month. Mm-hmm. Some people like me and Sophia are involved on the day to day. Um but yeah, it's it's all volunteer run, which is pretty bad.
3: So spoiler alert, I'm I'm actually one of the artists in this <laughs> show that y'all got coming up. Yeah. Um, so thank you for having, having yeah. me, um putting that call out. But can you talk a little bit more about this upcoming show in particular? Um opening up next week.
4: Yes. Um, This show is called Alterations with an A, A -A A-L-T-A-R. And what we did was we put out an open call for shrine art and shrine-related art. Um, And it was really just open to interpretation. Hmm. And we wanted to um, kind of present this topic and see how people would um, think about it and what they would submit. And we were overwhelmed with we had seventy-eight submissions, wow. um, which I think just speaks to the demand that there is for accessible arts opportunities in the city. Um, it was a free o- call for art; there was no submission fee, and we were really overwhelmed with the diversity of applications. It was it was awesome. Mm.
2: So, so we were able to fit um, fifty-six artists into the show. Two of them are um, are performance based, um, but everybody else has. Some kind of visual art piece, and there's video, there's sculpture, um, Mm. there's paintings. Mm. um, There are sort of collections from people's houses um, that they've brought into the gallery, Mm. um, which I think is amazing because it's the kind of thing that you wouldn't ordinarily, ordinarily, like a regular type gallery, wouldn't say, like, oh yeah, that is an art piece. Mm. We'll Mm. show it. You know, we want to have that kind of thing. Um, And there's, you know, people. Made work about their cats and people <laughs> made work about, um, you know, political topics and about celebrities and about body image issues and just everything that you could think of that would be important to somebody, somebody has made a piece mm-hmm. of art about it. Yeah. Um, so it's just a really intense variety of things, which is really amazing.
4: Yeah, we have everything from the personal to the political, pop culture. It's really I wish I could just brain dump onto all you guys about what what's <laughs> how many like art pieces we're including um but there's a real range so right. it's cool
1: That sounds cool. What's the inspiration behind the name?
4: Um yeah, so we were calling it before it had a name we were kind of just calling it the shrine show mm-hmm. but we decided it needed um more of a yeah, more of its own name and we like the word the word alteration because obviously it has the word alter in it, but it's also a play in words, um, and kinda of playing with this idea of change and how we kind of inherit our ways of worship from however we were raised or whatever environment like we grew up in when we learned about spirituality. And then we kinda of have to interpret that and fit it into our lived existence. And oftentimes it's filtered through time and space and our Lived experiences. And um, so it's kind of the show is kind of about that. And we have um, a whole range of artists who are either really deeply influenced by the way that they um, were raised with spirituality, mm. and that's still a really important part of their art practice. We have people who were raised Irish Catholic and like really reject everything from that. And their art is kind of like an affront to that or mm. like a response to it. Um, so it's really interesting to see how everyone has kind of altered their their the way that they were raised and like
2: i don't know yeah we have some work that is sort of subverting um you know catholic imagery to apply to different things we have some pieces that are um using using what a what a what catholic imagery might might look like but in order to worship junk food mm. uh, pastries mm. um because you know we have the in our society we have a lot of issues with like what people eat is being good enough or bad enough or whatever <laughs> um but then we have some people who their work is really about um paying honor to their to their spiritual upbringing um so well, again back and forth yeah. different people have different um mm different relationships to that and we just want to have have them uh talk about it yeah Yeah,
4: i mean i think it's a really universal experience for everyone and you know i think that's why we had such a diverse call and Mm. like we've had a lot of the artists say like i really love this concept um and like it's just i think it's kind of unique and it's not something that's been done in other gallery spaces since it is such a personal topic and shout out to all the shrine artists because it is extremely brave to submit this yeah yeah we have a woman from dorchester who um created a shrine to her sister who passed away Mm. and it's something that she actually creates every year in her house as the ceremony they dedicate this table in the house to her and um she expressed a lot of nerves because she was like this is really deeply personal i've never done a gallery show before um, but she was really excited to kind of share it with the world and it's beautiful. It's 100% art, you know, it's like, you know, it's just a collection of objects and photographs, but for me, I think it's, it's totally a work of art.
1: Wow. For someone to put themselves out there with their art, especially being the first time and being that it's your space, that has to be something of amazing, uh, amazing feeling to feel that you're doing something really powerful.
2: It really is, it was really the the last weekend we had most of the artists bring their stuff in and it was just sort of overwhelmingly exciting to have people just bring in their stuff and set it up and Mm -hmm. you know, say here it is. And this is the first, um, this is really the first show that we've, gallery show that we've done in the space. Um, Mm -hmm. We've had a couple of other shows but they were sort of, um, had already been planned before we took over. Mm. Um, And so this one was our idea and our plan and we curated it so. and invited the people we wanted to invite, which was everyone. (laughs) Um, So it's been just incredibly exciting.
4: Yeah, it's like Christmas. They're all bringing it in. Yeah, They're like,
2: yeah. Yeah, I'm like opening up packages of paintings and being like, oh yeah, I'm so excited. It's amazing.
3: I can definitely relate to that feeling from some of the the shows that we've done before. It's definitely fun to just see so much work together come together. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of folks, 50, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. People.
4: (laughs) We got a small space, but... I think this is just a testament (laughs) to how much we can fit and you know that's really our mission with the space is we want to bring in as many different communities as possible Mm. and you know it's on us to make sure everything runs smoothly and people can share the space Um, but it's just you know space for arts is so limited and coveted in this city that it just makes sense for us to make it as accessible as possible
3: yeah definitely because I mean the, the first time I went to your space I didn't even see it as a in the gallery so I went there for the show um mm-hmm. Brandy Blaze had a, a show featuring yep. a whole bunch of other local artists yeah Anson and it was a great show mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun um, it's really good energy and it was great mm-hmm. to see it in that space because um like I had a couple of friends there uh who lived in that in that neighborhood you know live around the corner mm-hmm. and um shout out to Julie Rory, Denise Rory, Priscilla Rory um, <laughs> but and we were there and we were kind of like wow there's never been anything in this building for as long as we've known it and yeah. now there's sort of all this lively art stuff going on so um, could you talk more about like what it's been like to come bring that into a space and then I guess too, like the other side of it is I feel like um, we've kind of been like seeing how art has been like sort of used as a vanguard for gentrification like how do you Um, fight against that in the work that you do, you know, to like make sure that the space remains open for the community and doesn't end up displacing the community because now there's all this cool art stuff going on. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's something that has been 100% like on the forefront of our minds with everything that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think that it's crucial and it's something we're working towards every day to really make sure the space is like community-led, community-driven. You know, we just... We offer it to the people who live there primarily. If we're not doing that, it doesn't really make sense why we're there. Yeah. Um, so definitely a lot of networking and trying to make inroads into the communities there because the space that we inherited um just didn't really make much an effort with that. Mm. And they kinda were interested in having their own shows and I think that's that's important too, you know, art space is like I said, so limited. So I understand that instinct, but at the same time, we're just trying to do something completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really interested in trying to make the gallery into like an economic driver for people Mm -hmm. in the area. Like if we could, um, you know, find grants to pay curators or um, connect to some like art collecting communities and enable us to sell work, I think that would be yeah. So amazing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so that's part of our our strategy right yeah. now
2: we're also I mean, and we're doing that on all of the fronts. we're trying to do that with a performance space also where you can come in and do a show and you know m- maybe charge mm-hmm. a little money for the tickets and like make a little money yeah. by doing the show, and we have you know um we try to you know have enough to keep the lights on in the building, <laughs> but um you know, it's really not about. Yeah. You know, charging yeah. people a lot of money to come have their do their shows there. We also are working on um, on getting a um, a music education program going and getting some people in the neighborhood to um, come in and use the space to um, kind mm-hmm. of teach music lessons for kids. And it looks like we might be mm-hmm. able to get a little grant money to pay people, and so then we we are so, getting that to happen. Yeah. We also have some gallery shows. We we have some gallery shows planned planned coming up um, from for that are curated by local people or local artists yeah um the next the next show is a group of uh local artists who approached us and said hey we want to do this thing in the galleries um
4: they they proposed one night they were like we want to have a one night pop-up show and we're like how about a month (laughs) (laughs) um that's awesome yeah so yeah i mean we just have you know we have full awareness of like where we're coming from and we come from a lot of like punk experimental music communities which are predominantly white Mm. and um, you know we're a volunteer run organization so even being able to volunteer is a privilege you know Mm. Um, so we kind of have a full awareness of that and we're working to get as many people involved in the space from the area as possible especially um, we have some studios opening up in august um august 1st we have really affordable art studios Visual arts, whatever you want to do, it's like a room for your creativity. So if you want to split it with some friends or, you know, if you feel that you can afford it, you know, we want you in there.
3: Yeah, that's
2: cool.
4: So that's definitely really important to us is to get people in, like, the studios that are from the area and also doing events and all that. Yeah.
3: Well, we got Relly B in the building. You've been listening in. You wanna you wanna hop on. You got any questions for our guests, right quick? <laughs>
0: yeah. get on me. Hey y'all. Hi, I'm Relly B. <laughs> I just you know I came
4: like
3: I just had to throw on the spot my bag. And
4: I like <laughs> it. Come in a little.
0: Uh, I came in a couple seconds late, but um, I've been listening to y'all's conversation and it's really inspiring to hear what y'all are doing. Um, and I want to know how did each of y'all individually decide to do this and get involved.
2: Um sort of by sort of by accident <laughs> uh, for me, um I was ma- was making some stuff and trying to, some stuff and trying to sell it at flea markets. and I heard about the black market flea that the Boston hassle runs. Um, and I started selling my work there, and then I heard they were looking for somebody to um, run the market, and I s- mm-hmm. said I could do that. and <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I met with Sam, and he said, sure. and um now I and now that's like I do that. It's like one of the things that takes up most of my time, um, and so then I just got in with the group and thought it was just really amazing. And again, again, you know, the black market flea is the same philosophy where people, can, if you know, you want to come sell your artwork, come put it on the table and sell it. You know, I'm not going to turn people away because they're for any re- any given reason. I mean, there's a few reasons I might turn people away, but um, <laughs> and and then we. Um, we're taking over the space at DAP, and I said I want to help run it um, because I wanted to, you know, just more opportunities to get people in and to um, for me to have something to do that's related to that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just—it's
4: been like two years now or something, right?
2: Yeah, I think I've been, been yeah. Weird.
4: Yeah, for me, it's been about two and a half, three years, and. I saw a call for volunteers in the Boston Compass, and to be honest, at the time, I really wanted people to like care about my music and art. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, I need to increase my network so that more people will come to my shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I got involved, and I was just doing, I was like curating comics for the back page of the Compass for a while, and then um, the creative director left the newspaper, so I kind of stepped into that. And yeah, it just became about so much more than just my stuff Mm. you know and i think as artists it's really easy to just get kind of trapped in our world and really focus on (laughs) self-promotion um and i think that kind of stepping out of that actually brings you so much more value to your art and kind of just i learned to put effort into like the collective (laughs) and giving other artists opportunities is now something that i do like more so than pursue my regular, my own art, yeah. which is something I'm trying to kind of balance out. Yeah. But it just comes back around and it's so fulfilling. And if you have the availability and the option to volunteer your time towards something, mm. I think it's a really beautiful
2: thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I I work very hard at other jobs so that I can <laughs> yeah. do the, you know, do this <laughs> that doesn't um actually, um that's actually just what I want to do, but it's, um, again, the way that I was able to just say, like, I can do this. I want to do this. I'm good at this. Um, and everybody just said, okay, sure, do it. Um, whereas, and I didn't have to go through any kind of process of showing my resume or talking about what I did before or like what kind of training I had and like this and that. I just said, yeah, no, I, I'm good at this yeah, and I want to, um, and, and so anytime anybody comes in and says that, like, here's here's what i can do it's like mm-hmm. yes please do it um it's a really weird do it if it you makes you happy
4: so much experience like i can't even believe that i produce a newspaper like i design the newspaper every month and sometimes we put it out there with like horrible typos and i'm like i can't believe somebody lets me do this but <laughs> which is the name I've of the newspaper huh? <laughs> what is the name of the newspaper it's a Boston compass okay. newspaper yeah um you know but it's just it's deeply empowering yeah because you know, we just the organization can pay for us to print like seventy five hundred copies and we just do it and put it out there. <laughs> yeah. So if you ever want something and published <laughs> you should also reach out to us about, about that. Yeah, you got listings. The newspaper is essentially just listings. Yeah.
1: So where can people find the Boston Compass?
2: Um, all around town. We've got um we've got a big team of people who every month just take big stacks of it and walk to whatever coffee shop, bar. Um, any record kind of place, shop. Uh, record shop that they go to, and just drop a stack. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: any type of weird, like independent place.
2: Yeah, we try to be there. In <laughs> in JP, there's definitely at like Deep Thoughts Record Store and um, City Feed. City Feed, Boomerangs. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: yeah, if you go on BostonHassle.com and you click on our projects Compass, you can see a map of where things are supposed to be.
2: Cool. Yeah, and it will also have information about submitting. You can submit, um, you know, your show that you want to have listed, or your, um, or your artwork, or writing, or whatever.
1: I don't know about y'all, but I'm on the lookout. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
4: usually pretty easy to spot because I was about to say,
3: I've, I'll put you on Lou. I know where that <laughs> is. <Or, laughs> Jesse, it
2: doesn't look like a regular newspaper for sure. <laughs> this, this month it's printed in all in purple, so Word. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: any significance why purple Purple? yeah
4: no we just we kind of so we had our 100th issue actually in june um we've been printing it for a hundred months in a row so that was pretty special we threw a big party at garment district but for that issue we were like let's make it like colored ink because it's been black and white for so long we used to do color back like a few years ago Mm -hmm. um but we're bringing it back so we did red and now we're doing purple and next one's gonna be green
1: yeah so. heard it here first <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: coming to your local newsstands. exactly <laughs> independent funky spots definitely Weird. well um I right, I think we're gonna get into a little bit of music right now we got got some tunes that cool dj loop bangers pulled together um
4: well thanks for having us this is, is awesome thank you.
3: yeah cool thanks for sticking through and you mm-hmm. know maybe you'll be able to stick around you guys skate out a little bit but um mm-hmm. maybe we'll keep keep us uh, around for a little bit yeah but um but yeah so thanks for coming through and everybody go check out the show dorchester art project yeah. where y'all located one more
1: time for the people how to find you
4: 1486 dorchester avenue um right, right by
2: off- the fields corner stop like right across the street yeah. And We're,
1: when is the art exhibition for the alterations?
2: The opening is July 21st. We're going to have an opening reception, uh, 6 to 9. There's going to be some performances and some make-your-own-shrine activities. <laughs> um, and then the gallery will be open Saturdays and Sundays, 12 to 6, um, through the end of August. We're going to have a closing reception, August 26th. That's also going to have a wilds dance mm-hmm. performance um, mm-hmm. and music performance I think um,
4: yeah we're having some of the shrine artists are musicians themselves so we're gonna give them a chance to perform at the opening at the closing reception so
3: yeah
4: yeah <laughs> <No doubt. laughs> a lot of stuff uh, I'm excited <laughs> awesome
3: Weird. so with that we're gonna go get this music going trap sure.
1: trap money penny. got me in my face. Gotta be real with it. Yep. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Say you never ever leave. from a song I hope you understand how I got your girl, and she
0: don't like girls. She don't like girls. Yeah. She love me, yeah, yeah. She love me, she love me. She love me, yeah, yeah. She love me, she love me. She love me, yeah, yeah. She love me, she love me. She love me, she love me
3: and we're back bang radio
0: she love me yeah yeah she love me
3: <laughs> i love that song that was your girl by oompa before that i had we had scissor the jam we've been going in and we of flow yeah.
0: we got the vibes going on in the studio today uh so what's up guys it's friday the weather's nice the sun's shining it's
1: been a long time since i've seen you really be is I,
0: it has it i was here Yeah. yeah she I was, was here last week and yeah, you were out last yeah. week yeah i,
1: I snoozed uh, i i i blame <laughs> it on my my uh, my phone cuz I left it on silent, and then the alarm rang. So yeah, that's just, that's
0: my life. I feel you.
1: Try not make that happen again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's alright. Bang radio. radio. We think, make it happen. Yeah, we do make it happen. Of course, <laughs> always, always. But um, I was uh, cause I think the last time I saw you, it's crazy to think this, but XX Tantacion was still alive. So I wanted to hear your opinion on it. Oh like, wow! Yeah, yeah. That, that's what, I'm
0: real sad, y'all. Yeah, like I
1: know he's one of your favorites. Yeah, so I. I, I the,
0: yeah. Once he he started, man, I was talking about this yesterday too, and I got really sad thinking about it. Man, okay, this, it's emotional for me, but um, I really liked him because he was one of those artists that I felt like was very versatile in his music, and he wasn't out here trying to just be a rapper. Like, he wanted to be a whole holistic artist. Like, he just wanted to make music. And I really respected that and appreciated that because I feel like there's not a lot of people that are out there trying to do that. Mm. So, I'm sad. Also, he was only two months older than me. So, like, yeah. (laughs) Like, I feel like we were kind of connected in that. Like, I, I felt like we were, like, the same age. And so, this is, like... My friend, almost it could have been my friend, yeah. like, and then from listening to his music, you could tell that there was like so much going on in his mind. I felt like he had a lot to offer, and that he was just getting started. And when you know that an artist is just getting started, you're ready to hear. Like I'm still ready to hear like the next album that he's gonna drop, and it's not gonna happen. And and a year from now, I'm gonna be like, where's X? Oh, and I, it's still gonna bother me. And I know I'm not alone in that, which is which is kind of sad, which is actually really sad, and just kind of sad. But rest in peace, ex. Rest in peace.
3: Yeah, that's great. So as you were saying that, I was thinking about something I heard where it talks about they were talking about how people, their music taste kind of stops evolving after a while. Like after a while, you stop learning new songs and liking them, and mm-hmm. and even if you as much anyways you know some people always learn new music but and that the strongest connections that you have um, the strongest you know songs connection you have to songs is always the songs from um, your like your teenage to like your teens to your twenties is when you're making those connections in your brain and mm-hmm. like those songs are still the songs that people remember most like even Alzheimer's patients who are like don't remember anything if you play them the song from when they were 20 they remember it you know so like yeah just just how like strongly we connect to music at that age um and then the other thing i was thinking Mm -hmm. about is like kind of the the difference of time like because like when you were saying we're not going to get any more music like i feel like in the past certain artists like they're still putting out tupac albums you know what i mean they're still like finding unreleased material from places and i feel like we don't live in a time now where people have like that much unreleased recorded stuff it's like you know what i mean we live in a very much like we've already seen most of what's gonna be done you know at least that would be my expectation yeah it was it was
0: really weird um
3: i have a problem with posthumous albums anyways because they're always kind of weird if they're not done by the artist if it's done by like people around them like that like michael jackson doesn't always work (laughs) it doesn't always work out
0: yeah but um with the with x i thought it was kind of weird how like right after he died it came out they came out with a music video with him looking at himself in his casket (laughs) like the week after he died and that was kind of crazy because they had previously planned him looking into his casket. Like, they filmed the music video with him in it before he died and then he died. Right. So it's like, that was crazy. <laughs> and then they were
3: like, yeah, let's still roll this video.
0: Exactly. Like, that's kind of... I watched the memorial for him in Florida that they had on Snapchat. And it was it was nice to see all the wonderful things that people had to say about how how great he was and and how he helped them Mm. because x was an artist that like he suffered a lot with like anxiety and depression and like other artists and other people that would listen to his music would understand that and they would understand how he felt Mm. and they felt like they could relate to him and so now it's like that crutch is kind of gone too Mm. so (sighs) yeah Mm. sad Mm mm-hmm
3: man man but i feel like I don't know, how many times do we have to have this moment in in music or in hip hop like
1: i think this the i want to be the first cuz i remember proof you
3: know there's been, been like i feel like it's, been, it's like oh now we got to stop the violence like oh now yeah. it's now it's too far and it's like mm-hmm. man yeah. it's always too far
0: it's just a real shame cuz i guess he thought he didn't need bodyguards i i guess he thought he he like everyone loved him and didn't really really want anything negative to happen to him and like that's the
1: way it should be
3: yeah
1: yeah but um going from um since we had the the, um sophia and amy Mm. and with their event that mm -hmm. they're having the alterations i wanted to ask them before they left but i didn't know how to say it because i just got noticed i noticed this this morning by uh you can look him up at digital malcolm digital on instagram but um he put something out that the a m a r p the african-american yeah amarp that's how you said yeah but i was reading about it and i was like interested since they're having an event and what's the amarp
3: amarp so there's the amarp is organization that has um been affiliated with northeastern for 40 years it's african-american arts program where they basically like uh they have like Artists and residents, yeah, working and you know working out of this space. Um, In JP. In JP, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's right. We've all we've actually been there. We've done events there and stuff before, but it's right there, um, in Eggleston or right near Eggie. But um, so it's really right there next to their (laughs) event that they're having. So 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 North. um, So but Northeastern, uh, last week kicked them all out. Why? Um, because they said that they were.
1: Having, a hazardous. Having,
3: having hazardous building materials and like they had done stuff with the electricity that they weren't supposed to and that they had people living there and it's not supposed to be lived in. And the artists were like, this is not true. We don't have anybody living here. We've told you guys about the problem. You have to maintain the building. It's not us who did this. So there's a whole bunch of conflict. But um, one of the takeaways is that Northeastern's just trying to evict them. use that space for something else. They're kind of tired of, or they're, you know, they're done with have have giving a space to African American artist residency program, so it's
1: kind of which has been running for forty years. Forty years, years. yeah. So.
0: Why? No, I'm sad. This is gone. Yeah, and I, I just now learned about it today.
1: So,
3: that's that. It is crazy. I mean, it does speak to the climate of what they were saying about how important it is to have these art spaces and protect them. Because it's not just them too. Paul Goodnight and the Piano Factory. There's like a whole lot of spaces in the city right now where. Folks are getting forced out of their spaces.
0: So um, where are these artists supposed to go? Yeah, that's the question. All right. Yeah. So what are we gonna do about this thing? We let's solve, let's solve, let's solve it. We
1: got it. We gotta start. we well, start so, a movement. We gotta well, start an art movement. Amy and Sophia are having an event. Yep. Called Alterations, and that's a start. That's yeah, a start. Yeah. So shout out to Emma. Shout to Sophie.
0: Create art spaces. Certainly. Shout out
3: to the Dorchester Art Project for being our guests earlier. Mm-hmm. We got to that's what it really is. We got to go and make these spaces and support them and keep them
0: going. Let's take it to the right. streets. Mm-hmm. <sighs>